Road to Life. We love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. This week, we're hearing from our guest pastor who did a great job inspiring us through the Word of God. For more information, visit roadtolifechurch.com, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Good morning. Who's ready to get their church on this morning? All right. Well, my name is Pastor James. A special welcome to you. Uh, This is the second best church in the world. And so I say that endearing. Uh, Victory Life Church is in Battle Creek, Michigan. So we're not far from home. But before I get into it too much, I want to look into the camera. I want to welcome everybody that's watching online. And we're glad that you can connect with us. But I'm telling you, the greatest thing about church are the people that are sitting in this room today because it's all about relationships. So church, show them how friendly you are and help welcome everybody into the service today. Good to have you with us. That is your your cue to just drop a comment on where you're watching from. If you need any prayer requests, just drop those in there too, and we want to minister and bring you a part of today's service. Well, um, I have been honored to know your pastor now for 20 years. They've been best friends for Eileen and I. In fact, the very year that he was called here to start the work in St. Joe was the exact same summer we were called to Battle Creek to start the work there. So we've been best friends for 20 years with them. What a beautiful couple. And I'm telling you, what a genuine spirit. Would you help me honor your pastor, Pastor Mike and Jill? Love them uh, and just really appreciate. Uh, we, we had Pastor Micah into our church about eight months ago. Uh, our church had never met Pastor Micah before. And so it, I was just waiting to see how they would, Battle Creek would react when these cropped pants and mullets showed up on stage. And I went, well, this will be interesting. But then they heard his heart. And the word he preached, and our church fell in love with him. And we took the single largest offering we've ever taken to help a church plant, and we blessed him with $35,000 to start the Fix 8 Phoenix. So, yeah, we're our hearts. Our hearts are are joined to Arizona with you. And so I tell you what, they're going to be kicking things off in just a few hours here. So let's just join our hearts and pray for them, shall we? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we give thanks for Pastor Micah, uh, for Pastor Mike and Pastor Jill and the work that is about to be launched in a matter of hours. And Holy Spirit, you have a plan. And I pray you would draw in people in that area, people that were just originally going to go to a coffee shop or sleep in, put a stirring in them, Father, to draw, be drawn to your word. May your word meet them at the point of their need. May lives be transformed. May peace and joy fill that place. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, I tell you what, I've, uh, I've, as I mentioned, I've been the lead pastor at Victory Life Church for about 20 years now, and it's been exciting to see what God has been doing in West Michigan and what he has planned. If you have your Bibles with you today, click them, open them up to Matthew chapter 6, because I'm going to take a reference of scripture that I think is one of the most common verses. In fact, it was the first verse that I had ever memorized, and I memorized this verse, and I didn't even know it was in the Bible. And so in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it is the Lord's Prayer. 
And I grew up Catholic, but we, in our own terms, we called ourselves, so this isn't a disparaging word towards Catholics, we called ourselves bad Catholics, poor Catholics. That, that was the term growing up. And the reason my parents said, well, we're Catholic, but we're bad Catholics. And so I, did, I just thought there was this types of Catholics, and we were bad Catholics. And the reason was because we only went on Easter and we only went on Christmas. And so there was always that qualifier. And in part of this... Uh, this was a verse that would always be read in a Catholic Mass. I remember this uh, frequently, and it's the Lord's Prayer. Now, what's interesting to set this context is it's Jesus' response to the disciples on how to pray. And what's interesting is with the Jewish background of the disciples... They prayed all the time. In fact, they prayed a minimum of three times a day, every day, since they were small. But they heard Jesus' prayer, and when he prayed, there was something different. And they said, teach us how to pray like that. They prayed, but when he prayed, there was a, there was a power in it. There was something different that they had never experienced. And when they heard it, they said, we know how to pray, but we don't know how to pray like that. Teach us how to pray like that. And in, in, depending where you are in your journey, prayer can sometimes be confusing, can it? Uh, I'm, I remember calling out to God and praying before I ever gave my life to Jesus. Uh, there was moments of desperation where people just cry, oh God. There's times where if you've been a believer, you wonder how prayer actually works because there's been seasons in my life where I have pressed in, cried out to God, and got no answers. Have you ever been there? And so we have a season of unanswered prayers where we pray, but God doesn't seem to respond. And so sometimes we just go, well, what's the point of praying? If God is just going to be sovereign and do what God's going to do, then what's the point for me to even pray? And then what's really crazy is sometimes you just have a passing thought and God answers it. And so maybe you're stuck in the weeds in, in this season of your life where, where your prayer life seems to be a little distant or there's unanswered prayers in your life or you're just at a point where you're just questioning what is the whole purpose of prayer. And if that's where you're at in life right now, I'm hoping that what I can share with you is going to encourage you because the disciples, when they heard Jesus pray, said, we, we want to do that. That's the kind of prayers. So, what I want to do is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he begins in a verse above where he says, find a quiet place. So prayer really begins with location more than anything. You know, uh, it, it's good to throw up a prayer while you're stuck in traffic in I-94, but it might not be the most effective. If you've ever been on a date or with somebody and they're constantly looking down like this, it's hard to be intimate and have a conversation with them, isn't it? There's an undivided attention that builds intimacy. And so the first thing Jesus says is find a quiet place in which you can pray. In other words, in today's vernacular, he would say, how about we turn off the phone? How about if we get off social media for a moment and let's talk? Let's find a private place. So location is the first thing. And then he says this, and what I'd like to do is let's pray this together uh, as a church, the Lord's Prayer, okay? And so he says this is how you should pray. Let's pray this. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For that is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. Amen. That's all for my King James, the new King James posse out there. And so in this moment, he gives a literal prayer, but he also gives an outline. He gives a roadmap with seven principles. And today I just want to touch on a couple of those principles that will hopefully give you a forward motion in your prayer life and what he is outlining in this moment. This verse, this prayer was one of the first things that spoke into my life. I remember I was a fairly new believer. Eileen and I were married. We had our first house. I was still trying to get disciplined and being in the Word every day, and I would hit some days, I would miss some days. And, and I remember I was, I was reading in Matthew, and I came across this prayer, and, I, and as I started, I went, oh, I know this. I remember this as a kid. This is the Lord's Prayer. Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And just then my spirit, it, it, things just kind of stopped. And I thought, I don't believe that. I don't believe that because this is the thought I have. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in a moment, I had this thought that said, if he sent me to Africa, I wouldn't go. I don't know why I thought of Africa, but Africa was in my mind. And so I thought, if I don't really believe not my will, but your will be done on earth that is in heaven. Because if his will is for me to go to Africa, I ain't going. And so I remembered it bothered me so much that I just closed my Bible and I was done having my prayer time, my quiet time. I couldn't move past this. Your will be done on earth that is in heaven hashtag parentheses asterisks as long as it's not going to Africa because uh, I'm not going. And I couldn't move off of that. And for the next few days, I want to have my quiet time because I knew I was going to pick back up in my Bible right at that verse. And I hadn't reconciled that verse. I love Jesus with all my life, uh, with all my heart, but I, I wasn't going to go to Africa. And I remember just driving because I was in sales at the time and I had a lot of windshield time and I kept thinking about this and I kept going, Lord, I don't want to go to Africa. I don't. And, and, and I thought, well, maybe. Then I had this idea because I had quit praying, quit asking him because I couldn't reconcile this in my heart. I loved the life we had in West Michigan. And uh, we had two boys, all three boys, actually. We had three boys at the time. And, um, and I remember thinking, he, he wants me to go to Africa, and I don't want to go to Africa. And then I thought in my mind, I'm serious, I thought in my mind I remembered Abraham and Isaac. And I remember how Abraham offered Isaac and the Lord stopped him. And so I had this idea, I will tell the Lord I will go to Africa. So he will say, no, don't go. And literally I thought, God can read my thoughts. He just heard me thinking that. And now he's got to send me to Africa. I was fine, but now he's got to teach a disobedient son a lesson. And so about three days go by and I'm stuck on this and, and I've just got this tension in my life. And I realize I cannot live my life anymore like this. And so I remember opening up 
in going back to that prayer. And I began reading it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I said, I'll go to Africa. I'm thinking Eileen's not going to like this. We got three boys. It ain't going to work. But I just said, I'll go to Africa. And I just sensed the Holy Spirit chuckling going, I never asked you to go. (laughs) But whether I call you to Africa or call you to West Michigan, your heart's got to be fully surrendered. And something changed in me in that moment. For the first time in my life, I said, Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done in my life today, on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes we get enough of Jesus in our lives to make us very miserable, meaning we try to coexist on our own path while the Holy Spirit we've given permission to come into our lives and try to pull us down his will at the same time. And a true life of peace can only be found when it's surrendered to trust in God. And this is what he begins to teach him here. So notice before he gets to this point of surrender, not my will, but your will be done. On earth it is in heaven. He puts a couple of key elements because maybe you're struggling. Maybe there's something in your life right now. Maybe it's a relationship that isn't the best kind of relationship. Maybe it's a relationship that isn't honoring for God, but there's a fear that you don't want to be alone either. And so it might not be the best relationship, but it sure beats being lonely and it's hard to surrender. Maybe there's there's just things in our lives that aren't a priority and God is asking us to surrender them, but yet they bring a fulfillment into our lives. How do we move past that fear and trust God to completely surrender our lives to his life? Well, Jesus gives the outline right here. And the first thing is it begins with the words, our Father. And in there is a parental commitment that he gives. You know, in the Greek, there's a couple of words you can use for Father in the Greek and in the Hebrew. And one of the most common ones is called Abba, Abba Father. And what's interesting is Abba Father is a term of endearment, of closeness. So a lot of people will call him Papa. Uh, it, it is that get, let's get snuggly kind of father that you can get close to is Abba Father. And he is Abba Father, but Abba is not the Greek word uh, that Jesus uses here. The Aramaic word that he uses for father in this is, is patir. And it actually means legal guardian. Our father, a legal guardian. This is why it's important because you can have a father figure in your life. Those are important. But he's saying, I've adopted you and, I, and, and legally you're my child. That gives him certain rights. That gives you certain rights than opposed to a father figure. You are legally adopted as his son and as his daughter. You are no longer an orphan to fend for yourself. But he begins to say that your father has legal guardianship over your life, not the devil or not this world. What a, what a, what a 
place of comfort to come into, to realize that he is my legal guardian, that he is my legal father. Then he says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And it's the names of God. And so you declare the goodness of God. You declare, hallowed be your name, that you are Jehovah, my provider. You are Jehovah, my healer. You are Jehovah, my sanctification. You are Jehovah, my peace. You are Jehovah, my banner. You are Jehovah, my shepherd. He is, his name is to be glorified. His name is to be hallowed. And so first I declare that he has legal uh, adoption over my life as my father. The next I begin to praise his name and all the names that he declares. I am the God that I am. You need hope, I'm the God that gives hope. You need peace, I'm peace. You need health, I'm the God of health. And as we begin to come to this place of adoption and declare the goodness of God, now it begins easier in our hearts to surrender our will to his will, doesn't it? And so he begins to outline these things uh, in here, and we give him praise and we come into his presence. And so now we begin to understand when he says in Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. what we begin to see is that our prayer life is not a petition to get to God, is not a petition to get God to move on our behalf. But prayer is aligning our hearts with the Father's heart. That rather than praying, God isn't moved by need, but he's moved by faith. And so a lot of unanswered prayers in my life were just simple prayers that weren't aligned with the things of God. In fact, a lot of the early church was wondering why their prayers weren't even being answered. And so James writes about it and, and informs the church, this is why your prayers aren't being answered. And it's all about alignment. In James 4, 3, he says this, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. And he's writing this because there's a frustration amongst believers in the early church going, we're praying, it has no effect on our lives. And and he's going, no, no, you got it wrong. You're not praying to motivate God to do your will, but prayer is a surrender of our hearts to come into alignment with his will. And so we begin to pray. Are we connecting today? All right, you're awfully quiet. I wanted to make sure I've got you there. I'm, not, I'm trying to give you a drink with a fire hose, I understand. But, but I'm trying to motivate you to go... My life is a one of alignment of trying to come into God's perfect will for my life. For me to get there, there's parts of me that die. There's dreams that I that aren't God's best for my life that I've got to die to. There's habits I've got to die to. And so this prayer is, is, is trying to bring me to this place. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And that we understand that the reason God sometimes doesn't respond to our prayers is it's not the best thing for us. It's not the the perfect will of God in our lives. And that he's trying to bring a son and a daughter onto his path to trust him for his perfect will. In Matthew 6, he says this, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. 
for tomorrow will worry about itself. Can I get an amen to that one? Isn't it interesting that still worry is prevalent to today? My mom was the queen of worry. One time she said, uh, I would call her and I'd just go, how's everybody doing in the family? I'm the youngest of five. So I would just touch base. How's everybody doing? She'd give me the rundown and, and she goes, you know, actually it's one of those rare times. Everybody's doing really good. I'm worried. I'm like, mom's always worried about something. I'm worried about your sister. I'm worried about your brother. She goes, everybody's doing great. I, I'm worried. I said, why are you worried when everything's great? I'm just waiting for the other shoe to fall. Where worry is just, uh, we, can, we, we can put our emphasis on worry or we could put it on faith. And, and he was saying, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough of its own, but put your trust, surrender yourself to him. And it says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so there's a place uh, we're getting ready to go back to visit now that we have grandkids. In fact, I think we've got, a, we've got a trip planned in February here. But when our boys were growing up, we have three boys. They all grown up. Uh, they married beautiful women of God. So we have three amazing, beautiful daughter-in-laws. Uh, we've got four grandsons now. So they're... There's no women in the Sonic family except what was married in. Three boys, four grandboys. First one to give a granddaughter, up to half my kingdom is going to be given, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and so one of our favorite places, we homeschooled our kids. And uh, so one of our favorite things to do is in February, we would just need a break from the Michigan cold. And, uh, and so we would go up to Great Wolf Lodge. And I don't know if you've ever been to Great Wolf Lodge, but it's in Traverse City. I think there's one in Ohio. But even though it is, you know, minus three outside, they, they've got this just a humid 90 degrees. It, it just takes the cold right out of your bones that Michigan gives you, right? So we would always go up there in February. Now, and, and I have this here, but because in the middle, and they're going to keep that on there, because in the middle of this park, there's water slides all over, there's lazy rivers, uh, but they have this huge bucket, and this bucket fills with water. There's a pipe in the top, and it's just constantly filling with water. And, and the bottom is a little off center. So as it begins to fill, they, they actually, I was looking at this and looking at the mechanics of it, but they have this flap that with like leather, it's a wheel with leather flaps on it. And the wheel, uh, the water pours on this wheel with leather flaps and, and there's a bell. And as it gets close to filling up, the flaps start hitting the bell. The leather uh, wheel hits this bell. And it starts off real slow because it's filling up, it's filling up, it's quiet, and then all of a sudden it gets about two-thirds, and, and that wheel will start to turn, and, and all of a sudden you hear it go, ding, ding, ding. And, and the first couple, uh, you, you see a couple of people kind of look because the, the bell's starting to ring. And the first time I'm watching this, I'm like, why is the bell ringing and what is everybody doing? And then as it gets more and more full, this bell starts, starts ringing louder and faster. So it starts off slow and then it starts going ding, 
Ding, ding, ding, ding, ding, ding, ding, ding, ding, ding, ding, ding, ding. And when it starts doing this, that bucket is about to tip over and all this water is about to come gushing out. And as the bell starts ringing and gets louder and faster, people who are standing in line for the water slide decide to jump out of the line, run across the park and stand where the bucket dumps. And everybody's laughing. And it starts going ding, 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 ding. And people start running from all over the park. They do it every time. This bucket tips about every 10, 15 minutes it takes. And people come running and they're laughing. And they get there and it's going ding, 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 ding. And some parents are holding kids' hands. And all of a sudden, whoosh, this huge bucket of water tips over, douses everybody. Everybody's laughing. Uh, grab your shorts because it'll, it'll pinch you if you're not careful. Saying for a friend. And, uh, and everybody's laughing. And then I, the bucket tips back up. Everybody goes back and waits for the bell again. And I'm looking at that. Going, that's the blessings of God. And when we come to a place where we say, not my will but your will be done. It's a father that's ringing the bell because we're out scattered in life, distracted with other things. And this prayer is a roadmap of a father calling a son home. He's calling a daughter home. And he's saying, my love, my love is unconditional and my love will, will go out to the four corners, but my blessings are right here. My, my blessings are conditional to the word of God. And so I want to encourage you today that that bell that's going off in your mind, that, that, that tugging that's going on in your heart is not a father that's trying to take fun out of your life, that is trying to teach you a lesson. God's not mad at you, but it's a father that is directing his children to the place that he's about to pour out his blessings. And a father's heart is to get his children into the place where he commands his blessings to be. Listen to me. There's a difference between the blessings of God and the love. His love is unconditional. Whether you're the prodigal son and you've rebelled and, and you're slopping with the pigs, or whether you're also like that prodigal son that came to his senses, his father loved him, but the blessings and the relationship is in this place of trust. It's in this place of obedience. It, it's in this place. The, the sound of the, of the Holy Spirit, the sound of God's voice in your heart is a father that is calling you today to trust him in a way you have never trusted him before to step out of the boat, to, to move in your life where it's uncomfortable, but to find your peace in him and not in things, to come to a place where he's about to command his blessings to be poured out. Does this make sense? And the disciples heard this and they said, we pray, but we've never seen prayer like this. Teach us how to pray. Teach us the path to come to the place of blessings. Teach us how to live our lives and how to get there. So that when the Father pours out his fullness, we're in that place to receive the fullness of God's love of joy and peace and calling in his life. That's the trust. 
That's the sound of a father that's calling you home, calling you to the place of blessings. Amen. He's a good God. He's not mad at you. He just wants you home. I'm going to pray for you. There's a couple prayers I'm going to pray. One, I'm just going to pray for those that you've just felt you've missed the mark. The good news is he's a God of second chance. He's a God of no chance. He's a God of fat chance. And I'm just going to pray that maybe you're struggling with fear, worry, and doubt. And I'm just going to pray encouragement to just trust in the Lord and to surrender and just say, not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then I'm going to close with a second prayer. Because maybe you're on this journey and you're looking for something that's real. I can assure you that what the Father wants is a relationship that is more real than anything in your life. So, Father God, I just give thanks for this moment in your word. I give thanks for the Holy Spirit. I give thanks, Father, that you're drawing us to trust in you like we've never trusted you before. Father, through the storms, may each person here find your peace. Lord, with any tug of war that's going in our hearts and in our spirits, Father, I pray we can come to the level of trust and courage to put our will down, to declare your goodness, and to come to a place in our lives where every day we choose you and we say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now I just want to pray for each person here that maybe you're on this journey and you haven't discovered a true relationship. If you want to live your life to that place where God is real, if you want to live your life to that place where God pours out his blessings, there's one question every heart needs to have answered. And that question is this, is my heart right with God? Until you get that solved, you'll never find out God's purpose and God's will for your life. And so in this moment, even if you're watching online, I, just, I want you to just take a moment and just say, Lord, is my heart right with you? And if you're watching today, if you're here this morning and you're saying, well, I don't know if my heart's right with God or I try to be a good person, I try to do the right thing. Listen, trying harder to be good doesn't make you right with God. But the Bible says in Romans, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And what that verse means is there's got to be a defining moment in our lives where we didn't just believe in God or try harder to be a good person, but there's got to be a defining moment in our lives where we've surrendered ourselves. And we said, Jesus, come into my life and rescue me. And if you don't have a specific memory, a moment that you can recall that's like that, this is your moment right now, and it's going to last a lifetime. And so I'm going to pray on the count of three. And I'm going to pray for everybody watching. I'm going to pray for everybody in this room that if you're here today and you're going, I don't know if my heart's right with God, but today I want to know for sure. Or I'm far from God. Include me in that prayer. If that describes you on the count of three, if you want to be included in this prayer, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Don't miss this opportunity. One, two, 
I don't know if my heart's right with God. Include me in this prayer right now. Three, just raise your hand. Lift it up. Awesome. I see that hand. Is there another one? If you're on watching online, I want you to respond. Awesome. There's another hand. Romans 10, 9 says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. What a beautiful promise that is. And that's what we're going to do right now. So if you raised your hand or you meant to, I want you to pray this prayer out loud. If you're watching online, I literally want you to pray this prayer out loud. In church, if you'd pray along for encouragement and just pray, Oh, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe you died on the cross, that you rose again, and you're seated on the throne. Jesus, forgive me for all that I've done wrong. And I choose to forgive all others. Come into my life. Today and forever, I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen.